Hello and welcome to Live Like the World is Dying, your podcast for what feels like the end times. I'm Brooke Jackson, your co-host for this episode, along with the indomitable Margaret Kiljoy. Hi. We have something extra special for you. Hi, Margaret. You might be familiar with the monthly segment we started in 2022, This Month in the Apocalypse, and today we will take that into a sub-segment, This Year in the Apocalypse. But first, we have to shout out to another member of the Channel Zero Network of Anarchist Podcasts by playing a little jingle from one of our comrades. Boo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. The Anarchist. Radio Berlin. From across the pond. So it's the Anarchist Radio Berlin. With audios in English, Spanish, and German. And please, don't mention the war. You can find us at channelzeronetwork.com and aradio-berlin.org. And we're back. Uh, so before I tell people about this extra special episode, um, I want to officially say hello to my co-host, Margaret. Hi, Margaret. Hello. How are you doing? I am doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing terrible, and I'm not going to talk about it. Okay, that's fair. That sounds like me most of the time. <laughs> okay, well, speaking of terrible, uh, how did the how did the last year treat you? Now that we've uh, flipped the calendar, is there anything you would like to say to the year twenty twenty two? You know, it's fine. It's just the year twenty twenty part three, and right. as far as the other parts of the year twenty twenty, it's been it was chiller than parts one and two. Uh, not from a climate point of view, but from a yeah. <laughs> fascism point of view. Oh, okay. That's a good point. Mm. Well, that's fine. I feel like fine. 2022, fine. As, nothing, as with yeah. most... Sorry, what, Margaret? Everything's fine. Nothing bad happened. That's the yeah, end of the episode. Always. Everything's good. Okay, cool. Well, this has been a fun recording. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, as with most years in the last decade, I, um, I say fuck you to 2022 and would like to burn it all down. So, um, we have that going for us. And, all right, uh, fuck you that, 2022. Woohoo! I do that when that I'm driving and I leave a state. You say fuck you to the state behind you? Yeah. Yeah. Even, even Oregon, even when you came to visit us out here. Why would I, why would Oregon be any different? Because some of the people you love are in Oregon. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Fuck you too. I mean, many of the people I love were also in the year 2022. Okay. All right. You got me. Okay. One point, so, Margaret. Zero points, Brooke. Yep. That's what's matters. Yeah. So, so I was um, thinking about how we do this extra fun special episode of this year in the apocalypse. And um, being typical, Brooke, I was like, Let's come up with a very orderly fashion in which to do this. I shall take all of the months and pick one thing per month, and we shall be organized. And spoiler alert for the audience, Margaret and I came up with separate lists. We haven't seen each other's lists. We don't know what each other's shittiest things are. Wait, I didn't pick just shittiest things. I just picked stuff. Oh, damn. I, I, I picked the shitty stuff. Okay, well, I tried to go with a little bit of... There's not a lot of hope in here. There's a little bit of hope in here. Uh, it's funny because when I was thinking about this, I was like, oh, Margaret should do the happy stuff because Margaret does cool people 
and uh, and I can be the the Roberts Evans everything's bastards yeah. side of this equation. <laughs> okay, well, it's a good thing we're figuring this out right now on air, right? Okay, so we'll start with super your, fun. Your month by month, and then I'll interject. Super fun, yeah. And like a disclaimer on the month by month is that um, not all months were created equal, so it's like whatever the shittiest thing in one month maybe you know way shittier than the thing the next month and it's annoying to like try and compare them that way it was a silly way for me to do it but that's fine here we are all right all right flashing back 12 months to january 2022 uh america hit a million covid cases with omicron surging so good job america covid ongoing and bad we're number one yeah the other, the other real shitty, horrible thing in um, January was inflation, which technically was pretty crappy in 2021 as well. But um, we started feeling it more in January. Like that's when it started hitting and then was kind of ongoing throughout this year as businesses responded to the inflation and had to start raising prices and stuff. Well, had to. Some had to. Some chose to because they could get away with it. Should I... Um... I, I wrote down all the inflation numbers for the end of the year. Yeah, baby. Um, the uh, OECD, which stands for something, 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 uh, it's a group of 38 countries that sit around and talk about how great they are or whatever, economic something, something. You'd think I would have written it down. They do, they calculate inflation for their member countries based on the consumer price index. It averaged, this is as of October, the report in December talks about as as of December as of October. It averaged about 10.7% overall inflation Oof. across these 38 countries in the last Damn. year. Uh, food, food averaged at um I wrote down six point one percent, but I actually think it was slightly higher than that. I think I typoed that. In I'm the really US I know it was closer to eight percent. Yeah. And then okay. Um more developed nations saw this all a little bit lower. The G7, which is the group of seven, it's the seven countries who have the elite cool kids club um, and try and tell everyone what to do. Their overall inflation was 7.8% as compared to the 10.7%. Inflation in the US actually tapered off most than most other countries, probably because we fuck everyone else over, but I couldn't specifically tell you. Inflation's a bit of a black box that even the people who know what inflation is don't really understand. Um, Energy inflation in general was the most brutal. Italy saw 70% energy inflation in the last year. Um, It was 58% in the UK. It was 17% in the US. So energy inflation is actually outpacing um, even food inflation. Um, And most of the food inflation, as we've talked about at different times on this, is caused by rising costs of fertilizer and like diesel and things like that. Um. Yeah, that's what I got about yeah. inflation. There was a lot of it. It's technically tapering off a little bit in the United States just this moment. Yeah, I was uh, actually listening to a um, economics report about that yesterday, about how it's tapering off a little bit. The extra shitty thing that happened in February, which added to the drastically increasing fuel prices and food prices was that fucking Russia invaded Ukraine Boo. and started bombing shit there. Boo. 
And that that might win as if we're taking a poll here of (laughs) all of the worst things that happened in the last year. I kind of feel like that, you know. That's got to be one of the top three. It's it's an, it's up there, yeah. Even in terms of its effects on the rest of the world, even like if you're like on a, well, what do I care about what two European countries are doing? Um, because, <laughs> but it affects the shit out of the global south, uh, Ukraine in particular, and also Russia providing um, a very large percentage of the grain and wheat that goes to um, especially Africa. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of the energy inflation in, in the rest of Europe is also a direct result of Russian imperialism. Yeah, it's pretty, it's fucked up a lot of stuff. There was another shitty thing that happened before that happened in February, which is that the Olympics began. And, um, <laughs> uh, you know, boo the Olympics. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then we, then we moved into March and, um, there was this thing called COVID and then there was this bad inflation happening and then this war over in Ukraine. But then we also mm-hmm. uh, in Florida decided to pass a bill, the nicknamed don't say gay bill. Oh, yeah. I can't believe that was yeah. less than a year ago. That right. was like eight That's culture what I... wars ago. <laughs> I know. Cause I got some of the other ones coming up here. <laughs> thing, and it was like, yeah. Oh fuck. That's still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, okay. Uh, and then moving into April, so there was like this war going on and inflation was bad and people were dying of this uh, pandemic that we were living in. And then uh, also the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial began. And that might not oh, seem yeah. like one of the shittiest things, but for like anyone who's been a survivor of domestic violence and the way that trial, it seemed like, you know, every social media platform, like you were getting like ads for it. Right. I know other people talked about this, like everyone was seeing all these ads for it, news reports on it. It was like way at the top of the list. And, you know, again, domestic abuse survivor, like I don't I don't need to be reminded about, you know, this awful ongoing domestic abuse trial. Yay. Yeah, that was um, I like try to avoid everything that has to do with celebrities, but realizing how much that that like ties into I don't know how we all talk about all of this shit. I I have nothing really clever to say besides like, oh my God, it's so fucked up and I don't trust mainstream discourse around any of it. Yeah, for sure. We also saw uh, because of climate issues, Lake Mead was dropping to dangerously low levels starting all the way in April. And I feel like we could have done this whole episode on climate catastrophes that happened in the last year. Like this year in the apocalypse could have just been climate change yeah there was a lot well fortunately that'll start overriding everything else over the next couple years so you know um one of the other just a lake thing on my note lake powell uh which provides power Mm -hmm. to 4.5 million people could reach minimum power pool status by july um so that's a that's an upcoming thing to look forward to. Yay for the year ahead. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know what the status of Lake Mead is right now. I'm sure it's not doing great. And we'll probably start hearing about it again in the spring as it's at dangerously low levels. Find more bodies and boats and whatever else. Yeah. And they're both, they're both of these are on the Colorado River. Yeah, they're both on the Colorado River. Um, yeah. And if you're not familiar with why Lake Mead matters... John Oliver actually did a, a really good piece on it on his show that talks about the water rights and stuff. I think it was John Oliver. Or maybe it was John Stewart. Familiar. 
Yeah. And, and if you want to read a terrible, a very good, although misogynist dystopia about what's coming in terms of water rights, there's a book called The Water Knife by Paolo, <laughs> whose na- last name I don't know how to pronounce. It's an Italian name, I think. Yeah. I actually have that on my to-read shelf. Yeah. It's, um, that man should not be allowed to write sex worker characters ever again. Thank you for the the notice there but, on what to expect on that aspect. <laughs> uh, but other than that, um, other than that, it's a very interesting book. Okay. May brought us a couple of big bad shootings, which is, uh, you know, not, again, not to diminish any other school shootings or shootings that happened or the fact that they're going on, you know, all the time in schools, but they were the ones that like hit the news really big. There was the, um, Buffalo, New York supermarket shooting that happened. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the, towards the end of the month was that just god-awful Rob Elementary school shooting in Texas that I don't know how everyone else experienced it, but I, as a parent, you know, a child who's only slightly older than that, it was absolutely horrifying for me and enraging. And I had a lot of feelings about it. And, you know, school shootings are always hard to see, but that one in particular... This is the coward cops one where they kept parents out who were the parents who were trying to like save kids. Yeah, for like 72 minutes or something like that. More than that, they were outside the door where the guy was actively shooting the children. This is, this is, um, the character of American law enforcement was laid bare on that day, is how I feel. Yeah. I mean, I have many other feelings about all of it, but. Mm hmm. And that was in Uvalde, Texas, where they have two separate police systems. There is a there is a um, police system just for the schools there, in addition to the town's police. Yeah. There so. was that uh there was that lawsuit 10, 15, 20 years ago or something where a man who was like I think it was someone who was like stabbing people on the train, you know, just like just just doing that thing. And uh and a man stopped him, stopped the stabby guy hmm. while the cops cowered in behind like they went into like the driver's compartment of the train and just like hid uh from the stabby guy and the the guy who stopped the stabby guy sued i might have the details of this wrong Uh, sued and was like the police have a duty to protect people and it came back Mm -hmm. the judge was like actually they don't it is literally Uh. not the jobs the the police's job is not to protect you that is not their job and the sooner we all realize that, the safer we'll be because the more people will realize that safety is something that we're going to have to build without the infrastructure that pretends to offer us safety, but absolutely does not and legally is not required to. Yeah, I didn't uh, know all the backstory of that, but I know that that one went to the Supreme Court and that became you know, the national standard because I remember reading about that part of it that um, yeah. yeah, they don't. They don't have. They don't have a duty to protect. <laughs> I think it was the stabby guy on the train, but I, okay. you know, not like a classic thing. Rememberer. It's not like my mm-hmm. skill set. I didn't put my points in character creation and memory. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> well, the importance there is the the outcome of that. Yeah. <clears throat> the other big bad shooting I remember making the news pretty loudly this year was also the uh, Highland Park parade shooting that actually happened in july so that was a couple months later but yeah good times guns all right um so we moved into june and Mm -hmm. uh a couple of 
things were going on on the global stage, flooding began in Pakistan. And uh, that flooding continued for a couple of months. We talked about this on one of our This Month episodes. And even to right now, there's still flooding. And that flooding that did occur, you know, has displaced thousands, if not millions of people. And has really, really fucked things up and continues to fuck things yeah. up in Pakistan. And I would say that flooding in general is one of the things that we're seeing more and more of <clears throat> all over the world. And it's one of the things that, like... I think a lot of people, and maybe I'm just projecting, but, you know, I grew up thinking of floods as sort of a, a distant thing. And then mm-hmm. actually where I lived most recently, we all had to leave because of um, constant flooding as climate changed. And I think that floods need to be something. It's the opposite of quicksand. When you're a kid, you think about quicksand as like this thing to like worry about. And then you grow up and realize <laughs> that like quicksand's like not, don't worry about quicksand. That's not part of your threat modeling. And so I think that flooding is something that whether or not it was on something that you were really worried about, wherever you live, it is something that you should pay attention to. It's not like a run out and worry, right? But it's a thing to be like more aware of. You know, there was recent New Year's in San Francisco and Oakland, there was a really bad flooding. And then again, a couple of days later, might still be going on by the time people listen to this, but I'm not actually sure. And, you know, there's the footage of people running out with like boogie boards or surfboards or whatever into the streets and <laughs> and, and playing in the flood. And I'm not actually going to sit here on my high horse and tell people to never go into flood water. You shouldn't. It is not a thing you should do, but it is a thing that people do. But I think people don't recognize fast moving currents, how dangerous they are, how um, just how dangerous floods are, no matter how they look. And if there's more than a foot yeah. of water, don't drive through it. Yeah, if you're not experienced with floods, those are things you wouldn't know. So I have, yeah. you know, you said that wasn't a big thing in your childhood, but because of where mm-hmm. I live, it, you know, I don't know if this is all true of all the Pacific Northwest, but certainly in my town, mm-hmm. flooding is a big concern. We're right on a river. And uh, when there was bad rainstorms back in 96, like most of downtown got flooded. And, you know, so yeah. I was I was a kid then. I was I was a youth. And uh, that experience, you know, kind of informed some of my youth. Uh, you know, we had a lot of lessons learned about how to manage flooding, what you do and don't do in flooding. So that's something that's been in the forefront yeah. of my mind. And yeah, as I see other people dealing with flooding for the first time in the news, it's like, oh, no, no, you don't. Nope, that's bad. Don't do that. Don't go into those yeah. waters. <laughs> yeah. Unless you were like. But if it's their first time. Yeah. They wouldn't know. Yeah directly saving something or someone especially someone and then even then you have to know what you're doing you know they're a bigger deal even smaller ones are a bigger deal than you realize i guess is the the thing to say about floods anyway okay so where are we at uh we're still in june because there was uh you know in addition to the uh inflation and the flooding and the heat waves and the war going on and people dying of a pandemic this little thing happened in the U.S. where the Supreme Court overturned uh, a little a little old law called Roe versus Wade. That was about two different ways of interacting with water. <laughs> yes, exactly. It ties uh-huh. ties right into the flooding there. It's, yeah, uh, you know, just, yeah. it was just a minor. Just a minor. Yeah, that's my joke about people losing their capacity to control their own bodies. Just a little lighthearted joke. <laughs> Very appropriate I'm, I'm, subject. Yeah. As a person with a uterus, I generally can't i can't joke about that one like it's just too close to home yeah fair enough i'm sorry for me no it's i'm glad that you are because it is good to laugh about these things that are uh actually 
very upsetting. It's how it's part of our, you know, yeah. grieving process, how we deal with it is being able to laugh a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Although, and then, you know, okay. So we've had this like fight, you know, America's polarizing really, really hard about a lot of very specific issues. Mm-hmm. Um, people's ability to control their reproductive systems being a very major one. People's yep. ability to control their hormonal systems and the way they present being another one. I'm sure we'll talk about that more. And, you know, the the weirdly positive thing that happened this week that I started writing notes about but didn't finish mm. is about how there's now... Um, they're changing the laws about how the accessibility of abortion pills and so that they're going to be available in more types of stores for more people uh, in the near future. Nice. This will not affect people who are in abortion ban states. So it's this polarization. Mm. It's becoming easier to access um, reproductive health and control in some states, and it's becoming ha- harder mm. and illegal to access it in other states. My other like positive uh, it's not even a positive spin. It's the glint of light in the darkness. Is that abortion was legal for a very long time in the United States. Um, and people did it and had access to it. And not as well. And it is better when it is legal, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But underground clinics existed. Um, and people did a lot of work to maintain reproductive health. And now we have access to such better and safer tools for reproductive health. Whether... You know, it's access to to abortion pills or just ev- everything about reproductive health has. Uh, we know a lot more about it as a society than at least medical and Western, you know, methods of abortion. We know a lot more about than we did a couple decades ago. And then the other big thing that I keep thinking about. So there's the Jane Collective, right, in the U.S. This is, I'm just mm-hmm. like moving into history mode. Is that annoying? I Go have no for idea. it. Um, is my other fucking podcast all history. And so like there's the Jane Collective in the US and, and they were really fucking cool and they provided all these uh, abortions to people in Chicago and they actually pioneered a lot of methods of abortion and you know pushed forward a lot of important shit, right? Um, in the 1920s in Germany, anarchists ran more than 200 abortion clinics. Uh, basically, if you wanted an abortion wow. in That's 1920s Germany you went to the syndicalists, you went to the anarcho-syndicalists. And because they sat there and they were like, oh, a large amount of crime needs to be done on an organized fashion. And what is anarcho-syndicalism but a way to organize crime? In this case, usually it's like class war against bosses and illegal strikes and stuff. But how do we organize that on a large scale? And the the anarchists were the ones who had the answers to how do you organize crime on a large scale? And I want to know more about that information. I haven't found that much about it in English yet. But that kind of thing gives me hope. It gives me hope that we can... It's better when it is legal. I'm not being like, this is great. You know, it's fucked up. But we can do this. And, you know, on this very podcast, if you listen to one of the three thieves, four thieves, some number of thieves vinegar collective, (laughs) uh, Margaret, famous rememberer of details, they they talk about their work developing reverse engineering or, or making accessible uh, different abortion drugs and how to basically like create them and get them to where they need to be uh, regardless of the legality of those things. But you might have more to say about this too. I just wanted to go into history mode. No, I I, I like that. And yeah, you did those episodes in a few different ways about it that are uh, super important. I mean, I, I don't think I need to rehash 
why Roe is so important. We we know that, you know, and it's yeah. not just about reproductive rights for people with uteruses either. It's about the the trends towards, you know, bodily autonomy and and uh, you know regulation of bodies and you know what that yeah. signals as well. It's it's an issue for everybody. Yeah, and remember, like at the very beginning, some people were like, they might be coming for birth control next, and everyone's like, nah, they're not coming for birth control. And now you <laughs> see the same the same right wing people who are like, we should probably just kill the gay people. They like say it in city council meetings. They're also being like, and birth control. Am I right? Like, fuck that thing. Yeah, Oof. frustrating. Yeah, get it out of someone's cold dead hands. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, this is one of those things where the months don't necessarily compare. Yeah, there was we that. Had, there's you know, that his... meme. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Nope. Go. <laughs> um, we, you know, there were historic heat waves going on, uh, continued flooding and droughts and all kinds of climate nastiness. And then in uh, in Turf Island, we saw a whole bunch of uh, British officials resign, and then Boris Johnson resigning, which you know, fuck the government and all of those kinds of things, and fuck that guy. But it did also lead into this, what has been kind of a, a lot of turmoil uh, in the UK as they've gone through now a couple of different prime ministers and just like, you know, just the, the the sign of the crumbles of how just overwhelmingly corrupt political leaders are, oh, yeah. you know, at, at this point in, in so-called, you know, democratic and, and stable democracies yeah. that, you know, they're falling apart too. No, that's a good point. Um, what year did the... That lady I didn't like dying. What day? What month? Queen. Ooh, I didn't put down the month because that's a happy thing that happened. So I know. Not a I thing. know. So, so as we remember positive things about 2022. Um, yeah. And like yeah. the stadiums full of like Irish folks being like, <laughs> Lizzie's in a box. Lizzie's in a box. <laughs> There's like some, some I might positive watch, things. Uh, rewatch some of those after this just for a little pick me up. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the- fabulous. The people dancing in front of the palace. Anyway. Yeah. I don't like but, colonialism um, or monarchy. I don't know if anyone knew this about me. Yeah. No. <laughs> Same. I've been trying to explain to my kid about why Queen Elizabeth was bad. And she's having yeah. a real hard time. Because, you know, children and fantasies and stories and kings and queen and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Which is a fucking problem. Yeah. A, uh, a, a similar kind of th- thing happened in August in terms of like, you know, unstable, so supposedly stable governments in that the uh, the FBI had to raid Mar-a-Lago and Trump, oh, yeah. which, again, fuck Trump and the FBI and the federal government and all of that. But as a sign of, you know, our democracy is actually not being very sound and how just grossly corrupt politicians are and stuff. Yeah. The only way they could get back a bunch of confidential documents and like nuclear related yeah. stuff. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to fucking invade former president. Yeah. Also in August, yeah, monkeypox started hitting the uh, the news, which of course, uh, speaking of culture wars, right, that led into a whole bunch of stuff about you know a bunch of anti-gay stuff and reminders of what the AIDS epidemic was like and just a whole bunch of fucking nonsense up in the news because of that. God, I barely and even remember the- that. <laughs> Right? <laughs> I think we did it on an episode of this month episode. I and now it's like, no, I mean, I remember oh, yeah. it now. It's just, there's so much. There's so much. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So September brought us protests starting to erupt in Iran. Finally, there was oh, yeah. a woman, Masha Amini, who was arrested. You know, they had been doing, Iran's been doing these crackdowns and the morality police and stuff. And 
so that was the start of a bunch of turmoil there that went on for uh, at least three months. It's finally yeah. settled down some last month, but that was going on. And then also towards the end of the month, Hurricane Ian hit in Florida. So not to make it all about the climate, but again, <laughs> historic hurricanes and flooding and stuff. Yeah. And these things are related to each other. I mean, like, as you have global insecurity caused by climate, it's going to show all of the cracks in the systems. And, like, it's hard because it's, like, overall, you know, I see the the attempted revolution, the, the uprising in Iran as an incredibly positive thing and a, like, reminder of the beauty of the human spirit. And mm-hmm. also, like, a, what happened, the end result of that, that... I don't even want to say end result, though, right? Because like yeah, every every social struggle is going to ebb and flow and our action is going to cause reaction. And, you know, um, and whenever people have uprisings, they remember power. They also remember fear, right? And the, mm-hmm. the system is hoping that people remember fear and the people are hoping that they remember power, you know? And yeah. and it seems impossible to predict which uprisings will lead to fear and which ones will lead to power in terms of mm-hmm. even when they're crushed, right? Whether that is the fertile soil for the next rising or whether it, you know, has salted mm-hmm. the earth mm-hmm. to try and keep my metaphor consistent. <laughs> nah, mixed metaphors are the best. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not a bad thing that people were protesting against um, what was going on there. It's it's awful that they had to get to that point that the morality police were so bad that they had to start protesting and yeah. you know ongoing conflict and unrest in the Middle East, never ending. And I want to know more. Um, I haven't done enough research on this yet, but another like hopeful thing about you know um, sort of global feminist radical politics. There's been a, a recent movement of men in Afghanistan who are walking out of exams and walking out of different positions that only men are allowed to hold, you know, in schools wow. and things like that, uh, in protest of the fact that of, of women's disinclusion. Okay. I hadn't heard anything about that. So that's, um, yeah, maybe we'll add that to it this month because I want to know a bit more about that too. That sounds really positive. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know whether it's, you know, happened three times and it's caught headlines each time or I don't know enough about it to, to talk about it as a movement, but it matters. That kind of stuff matters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's nice. helpful. Well, we moved into uh, October and the fall season and uh, y'all might remember this little one, some South African asshole named Elon Musk, 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 Musk whatever that guy's name is. He's named after the yeah, rodent. Oh, okay. Like a muskrat. Okay, there we go. That'll be easy to remember. That guy um, officially took over at the only social media platform that I don't mostly hate, which is Twitter. (laughs) And a lot of his fucked up in this. No, he did some in that first week that was still in October. uh, And then definitely more came after that. But he's destroying the microblogging site that we all love so much. Yeah. I will say my favorite meme that come out of that was basically like, you know what? I've decided that I am okay with Elon Musk being in charge of the exodus of all the rich people to Mars. <laughs> yes, winning. Like, yeah, Let's do that quickly. He'll fuck it up. I think he fucks everything up. Have you seen? Uh, yeah. Have you seen Glass Onion? 
Yes, I did. I don't want to like spoil great. it for people, but I'll just say that movie did a really good job of pointing out that Elon Musk is just a fucking is not an intelligent person, is not doing genius things. Can I, and it was can I pointed out really well. Embarrassing. Absolutely. I didn't, I it's didn't just realize you and I that here. was <laughs> no one will ever know. Yeah. I, I didn't realize when I watched it that that guy was supposed to be a parody of like Elon Musk specifically. I, I thought it was just like generic, you know, rich people are terrible. And then it wasn't until like after I watched it and everyone else started watching it and commenting that it was Musk. And I was like, oh, damn, obviously it is. <laughs> yeah. It's the like the car thing and the space thing are the main nods. I mean, it's at the same time, it could be Bezos. It could be any fucking like tech billionaire asshole. But I think it was, I think it was intentionally Musk. Yeah, I've got to rewatch it with that in mind. I was too busy going, oh, it's that guy. It's that actor. It's that actress. It's that one. I know. I know that person. I know. <laughs> Enjoy really the characters. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, that was okay. the thing that happened in December, but we ha- we haven't done November. So November, um, mm-hmm. uh, Powerball made some poor asshole into a billionaire. Which, oh, you know, I missed this Feel one. bad for that guy. Uh, yeah, so the Powerball, uh, nobody had won it for like three months, and the pot got mm-hmm. up to like $2 billion. And wow. um, a single a single person had the winning ticket when it was finally pulled. Wow. Which, okay. if they take the cash payout, which I think most people do, it's actually only $1 billion uh, and then probably the government takes that. So you're only half a billionaire probably by the time all is said and done. But still, that's, uh, you know, what a way to fuck up the rest of your existence by suddenly having that much money. I'm like, I'd take a shot. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think, you know, I have this list of all these nice things that I would do and, uh, and people yeah. I would support and love. But the evidence bears out that anyone who's ever won something like that doesn't make all the great choices. No, no. Yeah, I think I think you need to have a a council of people who direct. I think that any anarchist who's like possibly going to end up rich, like whether through inheritance or becoming the next Stephen King or whatever, needs to uh, mm. like seriously consider how the dealing with that money should be a collective effort and not an individual effort. Um, anyway, I agree. Yeah, I went through this when uh, at one point. I did not get, I did not become a millionaire. Um, but at one point, Hollywood was interested in one of my my books, and we had long mm. conversations about it. I had a conversations with a Hollywood director around it about whether or not they would adapt a certain book of mine into a TV show, and it didn't work out in the end. But I, I like sat there and mathed it out and was like, oh, if they make a TV show out of my book, I will become a millionaire. And like, what would that mean? And and so that's when I started having these like, which is totally the same as winning the Powerball and having a billion dollars. Um, and also not just not my weird, I don't know, whatever. Now everyone knows this. this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't totally. think that's a unique thing. No, I'm um, very special. Yeah. So that happened in November. Money. Mm-hmm. Then it sucked time. and it didn't make the news the way it should have. So I just wanted to highlight that horribleness. And then also that orange clown douchebag potato that lives in Florida said that he's going to run for president again. So we have that to look forward to. Uh, but then the third thing that happened, um, which isn't just isolated to November, but the World Cup started. And I have nothing oh, yeah. against football. Love football. The World Cup was a concept. Fine. But there are so many problems, much yeah. like the Olympics. 
yeah. with the way they do it and what happens around all that. Yeah, yeah, I love I love that I should be able to like a lot of things and then the way that they're done by our society precludes me from really <laughs> deeply enjoying them. Why do you have See, to take such a nice things. thing and ruin it? All things. You could come up, you could name Can't anything and we could talk about how capitalism things. and fucking imperialism ruin it. Yeah. Pretty much. Down with those systems. All right, yeah. so now we're finally getting into the end. Of You'll remember this one because it was only like a month ago that there were some targeted attacks in North Carolina on power stations. Yep. 40,000 people without power for several days, in fact. It wasn't like a quick fix thing. They really fucked some shit up there. One that I didn't hear about but that has some pretty big implications is that uh, the country of Indonesia banned sex outside of marriage. Holy and that's shit. even for foreigners living in their country and stuff. I had no idea. Yeah, so I don't know what the ramifications for that are. I didn't dig deep. It'd be like, what is the consequence of you doing that? But, you know, Indonesia's massive. I mean, their population's yeah. huge. So Louisiana uh, just banned, as of, I think, January 1st, you're not allowed to access porn on the internet from Louisiana without <laughs> showing a government ID to the website. <laughs> which what? means that now everyone... Basically, they passed a law saying you have to install a VPN in order to access porn in Louisiana. That's madness. Yeah. It's, and, it fucks, how, that's... and it fucks up sex workers, right? Like any of this yeah. stuff, any of this bullshit, it always just fucks sex workers. Yeah. They become the, the um, victims of the law, even yeah. though they're not, they're not the bad guys here. Yeah. And in porn, they're never the bad guys. No. Pro-sex workers. Um, yes. My last horrible thing that happened in uh, December was that uh, China decided to just completely give up on all of its COVID protocols. That it spent the whole year continuing to be super restrictive and have lockdowns and all of that. And then all of a sudden it was just like, nah, we're not going to do any of that anymore. <laughs> oh, just a, a great way to change policy is just to stop yeah. completely all of a sudden. Yeah. I just think it's really funny because it's like what – sometimes people like really talk about how they want like a multipolar world where there's like, it's like what people use to defend the USSR, right? Is that they're like, well, at least mm. it, there was someone competing with the US or whatever. But when I think about COVID response, there was always like the US response, which was absolute dog shit. And then there was the Chinese response, which was like too authoritarian and caused a lot of suffering and all of these things, but was not a non-response uh, and now that one has fallen as well. And there's just like, I, I mean, I'm, there's more countries than the U.S. and China. I'm, I'm reasonably sure. I couldn't promise no, I you that. Got, I know what but, you mean. So, uh, hooray. <laughs> We're in it. We're just in it. That's This is just COVID world now. It's COVID's world. We just live in it. Yeah, exactly. So I think you had some uh, like bigger overarching trends of things that happened in 2022. A lot of the stuff I have is a little bit like what we have to look forward to. Oh, nice. Just some like nice light stuff. The National Farmers Union in the UK says that the UK is on the verge of a food crisis. Great. Yields of tomatoes and other crops, especially energy intensive ones like cucumbers and pears are at record lows. And there's already an egg shortage in the UK in a lot of places where mm -hmm. where stores are um, rationing sales of eggs. You can only buy so many eggs at any given time. And it's not because there's no chickens. 
it's that rising costs of production have convinced more and more farmers. It's a capitalism thing, and it's like really brutal way. It's the market's logic, right? If it costs too much to produce a thing, don't produce it. But mm-hmm. when the thing you do is produce food, there's some problems here. Are there? And, what? And I mean, I'm a vegan, and I got to admit, when I hear things like, they're cutting back beef production because it costs too much. I'm like, that's good. That is good for animals and that is good for the climate. However, that's not being replaced with more of other types of foods. So it's not necessarily good. And if Cassandra were here and she has you know, very restrictive things on what she can eat because of her health, she would be jumping in to say, but protein, because she needs to be able to have that access to that. No, totally. And I, I'm not trying to, I'm not like specifically pushing for a vegan world. And I recognize that everyone's bodies are different um, and ha- have different needs around a lot of things. But mm-hmm. I do think that data shows fairly clearly that the level of animal agriculture that we do, especially in centralized ways um, across the world, is a major driver of climate change. Mm-hmm. And it is a a major driving of a lot of really bad stuff. It's just a very inefficient way to produce food for a large number of people. This is different at different scales. And I am not, I'm not specifically trying to advocate for, yeah. I, I don't think a vegan world is a good or just idea. I think it is perfectly natural for people to eat animals. However, I think that there is both needless suffering that can be cut back and as well as mm-hmm. like just specifically from a climate change point of view. So I hear you. that said... UK dealing with egg shortage. Basically, farmers might stop selling milk because of production. It costs so much to produce the milk. Not like, I'm sure there's still farmers who are going to produce milk, but more and more farmers are stopping. Uh, Beef farmers are considering the same. There's also just literally about 7,000 fewer registered food production companies in the UK than three years ago. Wow. Because at least in the UK, fertilizer costs have tripled since 2019 and diesel costs are up at about up about both feed and diesel costs are up about 75% from what they were bef- before. Damn. Shortages, the infant formula shortage might last until spring according to one major mm-hmm. formula producer. Mm-hmm. We very narrowly avoided and it major disruptions with a, as a result of a diesel shortage in the United States recently. Oh, Basically okay. they like brought more diesel plants I don't know the word here, refineries, refineries, Mm -hmm. like online kind of at the last minute, like because there was going to be like really major disruptions in the way that we move food and other things around the United States because of diesel shortages. Let's see what else. Have have, I'm super curious Mm -hmm. here. Have have food shortages in the UK ever caused problems of any kind? It seems like that's not a big deal. Like they can deal with that, right? That's Ireland's not part of the United Kingdom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's okay. I mean, it's interesting because, like, modern farming has really changed the face of famine. Famine used to be a very common part of... I I can actually only speak Mm -hmm. to this in a very limited context. It's, like, something that came up in my history research. Like, um... Napoleon the middle one or whatever. I can't remember off my head. Probably the second, maybe the third. I'm not sure. The Napoleon who like took over in like 1848. Someone is mad at me right now. Um, in France, uh, who modernized Paris and made it impossible. Like, 
I think that was the third. Barricades and shit. Yeah, probably. Um, We can FaceTime Robert real quick and and, and find out. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) And, but one of the things that he did, or rather that happened under his reign as a part of 19th century uh, development, is that famine had been a very major, common, regular part of uh, French life. And Mm. it ceased to be. And famine is something that the modern world, developed parts of the modern world, have been better at minimizing as compared to like some historical stuff. Obviously, a lot of this just gets pushed out into the developing world. And, you know, famine is a very major part of a great number of other countries' existence. But I think that people get really used to the idea that famine doesn't really happen. And it Mm. does. And it can again. And it's similar to what you're talking about, about like we have this like kind of unshakable faith in our democracies, uh, but they are shakable. (laughs) They, they, they shake. They've been shooked. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not stirred. They're shaken. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So other stuff, Pfizer's currently working on an RSV vaccine. Mm. I can I consider that positive news. My news here is about a month old. It's been given the like go ahead for further studies and shit, and and that's very promising because we're in the middle of a, a triple demic or whatever. But there's actually been mm-hmm. as a weird positive thing. I mean, obviously we've learned that society does not know how to cope with pandemics, but one thing is we have learned a lot more about a lot of health stuff as a result of this, you know, and the types of new vaccines that people are able to come up with now are very, they're very promising. In a fun news as relates to the climate change thing that's happening, more and more Americans are moving to climate at risk areas. Specifically, people are leaving the Midwest and they're moving to the Pacific Northwest and Florida. And these are two of the least climactically stable from a disaster point of view areas in the United States. Okay. <laughs> uh, specifically, specifically because of wildfire uh, in the Pacific Northwest and hurricanes mm. in Florida. Also earthquakes on the West Coast and things like that, but specifically wildfire. And also within those areas, a thing that causes humans have been encroaching into less developed areas at a greater rate. And this is part of what causes, obviously the fires are getting worse out West as a result of climate change, but it's also the way in which new communities are developed out West that is causing some of the worst damages from fires. So yeah, everyone's moving to those places. That's not a good idea in mass. I'm not telling individuals Mm -hmm. who live in those places to leave. And there's actually you know, Pacific Northwest has some like stuff going on about fairly stable uh, temperature wise um, for most climate models. But this is part of why disaster is Im- impacting more and more Americans as people are leaving the places uh, to move to places where it's a greater part. Fascinating. Yeah, there's this map um, just showing where people are leaving and where people are going to. And it, okay. it's actually, there are other places that people are going to that would have surprised me. Like, Georgia, North Carolina, parts of Tennessee, like kind of like Southern Appalachian kind of areas, like more and more people are moving towards and more and more people are leaving upstate New York, which really surprised me. Hmm. But and more people are leaving North Texas and moving to Southeast Texas or like the general Eastern part of Texas is growing very rapidly. Okay, what else do I got? Um, Taiwan has set up a sick group called the Doomsday Preppers Association, which is just sick because it's called the Doomsday Preppers Association. And it's like 
not a wingnut thing. And they have a wingnut name, which rules. I'm all for it. There's about 10,000 people or so who are organizing together to prepare for natural disasters um, and also to prepare for the potential invasion from China, which China is back to threatening to to do that. And it's but it's like people just like getting together to like build networks, learn radios and just like be preppers, but in a like normalized way. And it's fucking cool. And I'd love to see it here. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. What else? I don't have too many notes left. Florida is expected to have major wildfires starting in 2023, according to the National Interagency Fire Center report, as well as Georgia, New Mexico, and Texas. Um, I'm willing to bet that New Mexico and Texas in particular, and probably Georgia, that's probably, those are very big states with very different bioregions within them. Um, And so I, I couldn't point you, if you live in one of those places, you might want to look for the National Interagency Fire Center report and read more about it. Speaking of moving, it's a great mm-hmm. time to get the fuck out of Florida. With like, I could have done almost every month something just no, I know. atrocious happened in Florida. Yeah, and and one week. of the things that it, you know, we talked a little bit about the um, culture war stuff. One of the things that's happened in 2023 overall is that we've started to see more political refugees from within the United States to the United States. We have seen a lot of trans families or families of trans children have had to leave states where they're providing medical care for their children has become criminal. Obviously, also with the end of Roe v. Wade, a lot of people have had to change which state they live in. Although I don't like doing this like comparison thing because it's just fucked for everyone. Yeah. But you can Legit. you can vacation your way out of pregnancy, you know? Ah. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I've heard it described that way, but... Um, yeah. Like... But if you want to be a 13-year-old on hormone blockers or whatever that you need in order to stay safe, a lot of people are moving. And a lot of people can't move. And there's really complicated questions that we all have to ask ourselves right now about, like, stay and go. And, like, like stay and fight versus get the fuck out. And everyone's going to have to make those questions differently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another positive thing? A weird, like, positive hey. tech thing? Yeah, positive. So, like, I, I own a... And I recommend it to people who spend a lot of time off grid or out outside the range of cell service. I own like a Garmin satellite communicator. It's a little tiny device. It looks like a tiny walkie talkie and it can talk to satellites and I can like text from anywhere in the world. I can see the sky, whether or not I have cell service. And more importantly than that, I can send an SOS. And these are fairly expensive things. They cost a couple hundred dollars and then you have to sign up for a service. And they make sense for people who are like backpacking a lot or driving in areas where there's no, you know, service or whatever, right? New new phones, specifically the iPhone 14. I hate to be like, I'm not telling everyone to run out and get a new phone. But as a trend, it's very positive that some new phones have this already built in. So you won't need to have a separate device. And I think that is a very positive thing from a prepper point of view to have access to um, a way to communicate when... Uh, cell service is not there. Yeah, that is really important. And I have one final thing, and it's very positive. Okay, I'm ready. Let's do okay, it. it's actually a double-edged sword. On January 5th, I'm cheating. This wasn't 2023. <laughs> on January 5th, 2023, this current year, like last week, uh, yesterday as we record this, 
two assholes in Bakersfield, California, tried to set an immigration services center on fire. Like it was a serv- a center that like um, I mean, I, I, ironically, it helped undocumented folks or like uh, immigrant folks um pay income taxes and it like helped people navigate the paperwork of being immigrants in oh. the United States, you know? Um, cause this is actually okay. something that people don't know. All these like right wing pieces of shit is that like, um, undocumented people, like many of them pay taxes. I don't know. Whereas and a lot of the people as, who like as, talk all kinds yeah. of shit of documented people don't pay taxes. Anyway, whatever. What were you gonna say? Sorry. Oh, just, uh, this, as an economist, um, as a group, undocumented people pay more into the system than they as a group take out of the system. That makes a lot of sense. So there's an immigration services center. Two assholes tried to set it on fire. They set themselves on fire, <gasps> fled the scene on fire, and left their cell phone <laughs> at the scene. <laughs> the, the reason it's double-edged is because, one, it sucks that people attack this. And they actually did do damage to the center as well, mostly um. to... um some equipment used by someone who ran, a, I believe, a car wash out of that shared some space or whatever. Uh, but yeah, they okay. like poured accelerant everywhere. And then a guy just like knelt down over the pool of accelerant and like lit it. And then just like <laughs> his like leg was on fire. So his friend ran over to help and like got caught on fire too. And then they just both like <laughs> ran out of range of the, because it was all caught on camera, you know? And fuck them. And I hope that their fucking wounds are horrible. And by the time you listen to this, they're probably caught because they left their fucking phone there. And fuck them. That's my light news. I'll take it. Okay, what are you excited for looking forward? Go ahead, sorry. Well, hopefully more fascists are going to light themselves on fire and other types of Mm -hmm. right-wing assholes. I mean, I I would be very happy about that happening in 2023. Yeah. May this be the year of... um, Nazis on fire. Yes, agreed. That would be lovely. Yeah, I don't know about. I don't know if I have a lot of global stuff that I thought about being positive. I have. I have like personal stuff. Like I am. Um, I'm going to be doing uh, hosting more of these podcast episodes. I've got uh, one coming up maybe this month. We're releasing it that I did all by myself. Yeah, and, uh, a couple more lined up to come out in the next couple of months, and some really cool topics and people that I get to chat with. So I'm stoked about that. That is also something I'm excited about for 2023 is that this podcast is increasingly regular and it is because of the hard work of me. No, everyone else is the, <laughs> the hard work of everyone else who works on this show are like um, really kind of taking the reins more and more. And it is no longer a, it's no longer the Margaret Kiljoy show. And I'm very grateful. And I believe you all will. If you're not grateful yet, you will be because there will be actual other voices like ways of looking at things and uh and more of it because you know one person can only do so much so i'm really grateful for that i'm excited about this book that's coming out next month that oh yeah um, some some lady i know wrote Mm -hmm. it and uh and i got to uh, do some editing work on it and it's uh hilarious and the cover is gorgeous is it um, called escape from insul island yeah that one that one. Ah, this is my plugs moment. Did you know if you pre-order it right now, you can get a poster of that gorgeous cover that comes comes with the pre-ordered one included? And did you know that if you pre-order it, I get a cut of the royalties when the book is released for all the pre-orders, which means that I can um, eat food. Oh, 
and I like, we like it when food. you get food. Yeah. Uh, so if you go to tangledwilderness.org, you can pre-order Escape from Insel Island and get a poster. And it's a fun adventure book. You can literally read it in a couple hours. It's very short. It's a novella. It's To be frank, it's at the short end of novella. But that makes it good for short attention spans like mine. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, there'll be some other books coming out from that uh, that Strangers-y collective, one, one that I just started editing that uh, I don't know how much we're talking about it yet or not, so I won't give too much away here, but uh, just That's sucked really cool. me right in as I was editing. And it's cool. Uh, I'm so excited to read the rest of it and then for us to release it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our year on the Apocalypse 2022 edition. Yeah. And I, well, wait, you're doing the closing part. Yeah, sure. I'm just the guest. <laughs> no, you're my co host. We co host. Oh, I'm just the co host. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I'm curious what other people think the worst things are that happened in 2022. If it's something that was on one of our lists or uh, something else that you know of, and reach out to us like on Twitter at Tangled Wild or uh, Instagram, or you can reach out to me personally on uh, Mastodon, Ogemakwe Brook, if you can find me there. And the collect, let's see, Collectiva Social, I think is my whatever. I don't remember how it works. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm curious what other people would have to say is the worst, which thing they want to vote for if they have their own. So hit us up. Let us know. Yeah, do it. Yeah. So our listeners, we uh, think we appreciate you listening. Um, and if you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you could uh, give it a like or drop a comment or a review. Or subscribe to us if you haven't already, because these things make the algorithms that rule our world offer our show to more people. The podcast is produced by the anarchist publishing collective Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness. Like I said, you can connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, or me personally on Mastodon, or through our website, tangledwilderness.org. The work of Strangers is made possible by our Patreon supporters. Honestly, we couldn't do any of it without your help. If you want to become a supporter, check us out, patreon.com slash strangers in a tangled wilderness. There are cool benefits for different support tiers. Uh, for instance, if you support the collective at $10 a month, one of your benefits is a 40% off coupon for everything we sell on our website, which includes the pre-orders for Margaret's new book. We'd like to give a specific shout out to some of our most supportive Patreon supporters, including Haas the Dog, Micaiah, Chris, Sam, Kirk, Eleanor, Jennifer, Starro, Kat J, Chelsea, Dana, David, Nicole, Mickey, Paige, SJ, Sean, Hunter, Theo, Boise Mutual Aid, Melissa, Paparuna, and Allie. Thanks so much.